Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful to be here with a friend and also someone that I consider a mentor. And if anyone's watching this again and they watched the last one, and um, I'm talking about Elvie, and, and I'm also acknowledging that I'm bouncing and have my son Desmond here. So <laughs> um, I feel like every time I'm in the presence of LV, I come into a deeper place of, of reverence for her, for myself and for life. And I know that's because of the consciousness that she embodies. And I also was very grateful to be a student of hers this week. Um, we are on the big island of Hawaii and just completed a Koya retreat and LV led us through a really profound class. And so I'm, I feel so fortunate to have been able to have shared experiences with her. And one of the things I love doing here is sharing with people the things that have touched my heart and LV has touched, expanded, and woven it back into the cosmos. So I'm very excited to be here <laughs> with you and with her. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And so one of the things that was a conversation that LV and I had was um, LV can maybe share a little bit about her background and her perspective as she comes to the Koya practice. But I was really asking her from her background and perspective as being an indigenous Maori woman, how can those who teach Koya be in right relationship when we're creating sacred space, which is one of the themes that we're coming and dancing with this month. And one of the suggestions was, you know, to, to deeply honor the land and the ancestors of that land mm -hmm. and taking that time and that moment. And for me has been also asking permission and just getting out of that. I'll, I'll say for myself, that colonizer mind view of entitlement that, you know, I get to be here because I'm here. Mm -hmm. Instead of dropping deeper into a place of humble reverence and respect of the history of the land and, and the traditions of the people who were not on the land or owning the land, but collaborating and respecting the interconnectedness of life with the land. And that it's, it, it's not just something that we say, but it's a shift of perspective and mind view. And so I wanted to ask and open up the conversation and thank you for your willingness to to be with us today and and anything that you would i i i know that i paraphrased <laughs> and so i would love for you to speak sure. in your own way and save them from my paraphrasing <laughs> One of the things I love most about Koya is that it gives us, as Koya teachers and as participants, permission to create sacred space and honor sacred space in a way that resonates for us. And um, that in itself is a gift. So that as an indigenous, indigenous woman, I can come in and I can use the ways that I've been taught to create sacred space. But I also have freedom, even from my own traditions, to go, oh, Maybe I'll try this, or maybe I'll try that. What I think is important if you are opening sacred space in a land that is not, uh, that you are not indigenous to, is that you take the time to find out the ways that the people of that land, the people who uh, carry what we call mana whenua, which is the, the spiritual and the practical responsibility for that, for that place, 
take the time to find out the ways that they create sacred space. And you may or may not incorporate them, but having that awareness mm -hmm. is really important. So, for instance, in Aotearoa, we don't use fire mm. to create sacred space. Um, I do it now in my class because I learned it in Quinn and it's fabulous and I love it. <laughs> but in our tradition, we're an island nation, yeah. right? And we live in the Pacific and we're surrounded by water. And so water has always been the way that we cleanse ourselves mm. and that we clear a space. Mm. And we have both salt water and fresh water. And our tradition is to use fresh water to create sacred space. Mm. Um, so it's important to know that and not to mm -hmm. feel that you have to have a flame because that's what you did, you know, three months ago in some retreat. Mm -hmm. And be open to what's around you and see what you can bring in. Um, for me, it's always important no matter where I go to acknowledge the land upon which I sit or stand and the people of that land who live there and their ancestors who walk there still. Mm -hmm. And if I know the people... If I know the name of the people, their tribe, their uh, lineage, then I will name it specifically. And mm -hmm. again, that's, it sounds like work, but it's not that hard to find out. Mm -hmm. Who are the people of this land that I'm going to? You know, what, is the, what are the tribes? What is the main tribe at least? Um, and if you come with a humble heart and just say, you know, I know that I want to acknowledge, uh, for instance, I want to acknowledge the Maori people who's, you know, whose ancestors walk here still, you... Um, you, that is another way to create sacred space. It's mm -hmm. acknowledging the relationship between this realm and that, mm -hmm. and that you are a guest in the space within which you're inhabiting. I am. Um, I think it would be it, if we're going to be coir teachers, and mm -hmm. I think the, the the onus is on us to do the work of actually finding out who the people are. Mm -hmm. um, it's very poetic, and I often use it to just acknowledge the people of this land. But it's if the people of that land are in the in the circle, mm -hmm. then it's so much more meaningful to them, and you 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 give them permission to bring all of their knowledge, mm -hmm. all of their ancestry, all of their lineage mm -hmm. into the circle and share it with the rest of the circle. Mm -hmm. If you name it, mm. um, otherwise you just kind of. Uh, you almost make them invisible in the sense that you just say the people of this land as if they are not the people of this land. You know? mm -hmm. So it's really important to do that. Um, yeah. Where else can we go with that? Well, I had a vision to something that I learned in doing our fire ceremonies, which was at the end of the fire ceremony, we close our eyes and just offer all of the blessings, we'll often do a fire ceremony at the end of a retreat or teacher training week and just offer all of the blessings that we received here to be nourishment for the land, the animals, the people of the land, the ancestors of the land. And so in addition to creating sacred space, potentially at the end of the sacred space, when we're closing it, just offering back all that was, all that was nourished, all that was opened to to say thank you and just saying again, you know, may this, may this nourish the land, may this nourish the people of this land. I love the invitation to specifically name 
Yeah. And, but feeling that, because that's sometimes at the beginning of class, we're setting sacred space. And sometimes we have five minutes to do that. Sometimes we have yeah. longer. And so, yes, 100% do that. And simultaneously, just to keep deepening the relations. That, because um, sometimes I feel like there could be a tendency in creating sacred space to be like, you know, please come, we honor you. But then also just to be in that place, like we're inviting you to be here, but we also want to offer anything that was in the space of the heart, anything that was, um, so that just to open up a giving and a receiving loop. Yeah, that it's a two way, yeah. you know, exchange. And to deepen relations. Yeah. So that it's, it's I, I, I appreciate the, not just naming it, but just like, you know, if I want to deepen my connection with Alvi, I can think about her. I can just be like, I love Alvi, but, <laughs> But, you know, the times that we get to be together, they deepen our experience. And so to be deepening our, our relationships and, and, uh, and to think of it as a relationship. Yes, always. I know, it seems, yeah. it seems silly to say that, but I feel like it's important to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so the forest that I live on the verge of when I take offerings into the forest and then I come back and I'm in my kitchen and I'm cooking, I can feel the arms of the forest reaching mm -hmm. out and wrapping, wrapping themselves around me. I feel, you know, I feel um, like a lover tickling me on the yeah. back, you know, and it's just like, yeah, that's, it's a relationship and it's a love relationship. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be of that land to be, to bring love to it or receive mm -hmm. love from it. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, things like fire ceremonies and ways of closing, again, it's about um, not being afraid to step in and do something, mm -hmm. which is what I really appreciate that I've learned from you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, watching you work in different, on different lands is that you're not afraid to step into a space and, mm -hmm. and make something happen. Mm -hmm. and, but alongside that, it's also important to find out, you know, is there... Is there an issue with having a fire ceremony right. in this place, right? Like, we wouldn't be doing fire ceremonies in Australia right now. Right, right of course. We're going to find a different way. Right. But it, it may be some time before they're comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. um, mm. It's just, it, sometimes I feel that when people are not Indigenous, mm -hmm. you know, in, this, in this current incarnation, mm -hmm. that they're too apologetic. Right. In the sense that they want, for fear of getting it wrong and for fear of... Um, you know, causing offence, mm -hmm. uh, they will just hold back and do nothing. And I don't know that that's the right approach. Mm -hmm. It's much better to, um, you know, draw on what you do have and step forward, mm -hmm. but always being open to mm -hmm. being taught, mm -hmm. you know, like just being willing to be taught. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that even Indigenous people get it wrong. We get it wrong in our own traditions, you know, mm -hmm. and we go home and we do something and then some elder comes along and just kind of, tracks you over the ear, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I've got that wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's not as though because you're Indigenous, you know all the right ways to do things, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it really is this thing of just feeling like you have a right to be here. Mm -hmm. um, not entitlement, but mm -hmm. that you are a human mm -hmm. of worth who has a right to be on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, believing in your heart that you are here on this land, so clearly the land has invited you, otherwise mm -hmm. you wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. and being open always to being corrected slightly, you know, move slightly to the left or having your efforts, you know, slightly tweaked so that they are in keeping with the ancestors and the teaching of that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I just, it makes me sad when I see people hold back because they don't want to cause offence. Mm -hmm. And I think the holding back, both sides, you know, all of us right. lose out when, when people hold back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that encouragement. And I feel like one of the things for myself to move forward and to be willing to make a mistake is that it's like sourcing myself in my earnestness that my my true desire is to be respectful and reverent and then asking if I'm off please show me and like that willingness to be corrected and sometimes that could be from a person but a lot of times I find it's very obvious from spirit or nature, right. <laughs> nature, nature, nature. <laughs> and so you know like someone I was having a conversation with when I had taken place in um, some shamanic studies in South America and they were like, oh, I can't stand all these plastic shamans, you know, all these people who are just pretend. And I was like, I'm not calling myself a shaman by any means, but I just want to say that in, on the path of this practicing, anytime I've been out of my integrity, I have been slapped <laughs> so quickly yeah. and so fast that, that, um, that, I mean, maybe that's just me. I, I, I don't know if it's for everyone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but it's also part of my prayer. Like, please don't ever let me hold a container beyond my capacity to hold it in integrity. And so just that willingness to, to trust the earnestness of your heart, but then exactly like you said, the openness mm -hmm. to be, to learn because yeah. we're all, you know, this the evolutionary path is evolutionary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I remember my grandmother, we would often talk about, you know, you've got to do it this way, you've got to do it that way, and this is our tradition. And mm -hmm. she would always say to us, where do you think those traditions came from? We made them up. <laughs> you know, we did what worked for us then. And that's yeah. all you've seen, so you think that's all there's ever been. But we did that because it worked for us. Exactly. You know? And now, there's also, we've got to give ourselves permission to kind of, modify and evolve and mm -hmm. allow tradition to evolve. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's within our scope to try and evolve somebody else's tradition. Exactly. You know, like, let their, let their <laughs> thing be their thing. But, um, yeah. And in that respect, I also I think about cultural appropriation and people mm -hmm. get so um, wound up around cultural appropriation. And as Māori, we really, you know, it's a big deal for us. Right. Like, we will hunt you down to, mm -hmm. to make sure that you, you know, get into the right relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think there's nothing wrong with being inspired by, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with seeing, you know, a dispatcher and saying, wow, it's a way of demonstrating gratitude mm -hmm. and using elements of nature to demonstrate gratitude. Mm -hmm. Right. I can go back to my people and I can have a gratitude ceremony mm -hmm. and I'll just use what I find around me mm -hmm. and I'll be inspired by, you know, my own lineage and my own thinking and, and the group that I'm with. But that original seed of the idea of even being mm -hmm. in circle and giving gratitude comes from, you know, these killed people, I'm going to thank them right. in circle for the inspiration and then we're going to do it our way. Mm -hmm. like, there are ways to be inspired by each other without taking. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think, don't be afraid to be inspired. Right. Yeah. That's great. And uh, one of the things that I, I love the way that you made that and what your grandmother said around mm -hmm. just the origin of many traditions are someone had a direct experience mm -hmm. by doing something. So it's like now you do it again and follow in that, that, that lineage of practice. Yeah. 
and you know, and that's a place where we can gather where, um, where I think of it sometimes like enchanting. If I'm going to do a chant, it's like there's a river of sound across time that everyone who has ever said that chant can merge into. And so like when I do a chant, I'm not just me alone the first time awkwardly doing a chant, but I'm, I'm gathering and floating down a river of consciousness that anyone at any time that they were alive has that it exists and it strengthens. And so the traditions have that current and simultaneously, um, so many from my perspective, so many of the traditions and lineages that I was being introduced to had such a patriarchal right wrong Mm -hmm. approach to them where the form was more important than the resonance. And so one of the things, so it's like you do this, even if you're not feeling it in your heart and you're not connected to it, you just do it this way. And one of the things that I've been really supportive and encouraging of is to just because of this whole feminine masculine balancing thing out to put a little lean a little bit more into resonance, (laughs) you know, to really the, the, the practices that open your heart wide open and to let yourself and, and um, like, for example, with the despacho, we could do a traditional despacho in which the sense that the leader of the despacho might be the only one that ever says the prayers, or we can open it up to the circle where everyone speaks. And for me, um, my understanding of the despacho has always been, you know, to, to offer with a pure heart. And I feel like 100% that is happening when we open up the circle. But in the, in the doing it my own way, it's, it's really been trying to look at how can we lessen the hierarchy, lessen the part of the mind where it's right and wrong, and let the resonance of our heart lead us through. I agree. It's tapping into the essence of the tradition. Yes, exactly. What is the essence of this tradition? And hold on to that and let everything else just be fluid. And it may serve you to do it exactly the way exactly. you've been taught. The form is like I did the, and that's, and that's a really important piece because I did the form, you know, strictly as a, as a participant where I wasn't leading anything for five years and I don't know, maybe. 50 despachos before a teacher said to me like, okay, now instead of doing it, we're going to go in groups of two and now everyone just go say thank you from the center of your heart. And then it was, you know, part of that was, you know, the form is what led me to that place on this topic of despachos and this topic of cultural appropriation. I just want to also say that all my experience with the Caro is like, please tell everyone like this is a time, this is a time where the earth, and people, like this is the, the remembering, the, the coming back together as family between humans and the earth. Yeah. And so this connection, the saying thank you, um, is, is really important. So, And I think that's really a fourth level thinking. Yeah. And yeah. so even the tradition that I'm born into, we're not there yet. And that mm-hmm. sense of being able to just freely say take yeah. everything. But, you know, I'm hopeful that that time yeah. will come. Yeah. And, and it's understandable, right? Because there's there's as much as I share from the Caro tradition in which I felt like it was a strong encouragement. And when I post pictures of the despachos we do, there's all these, um, you know, some of the 
the Kara leaders like, 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 like on Facebook. So I feel like there's this feedback yeah, right. resonance. Yeah. Um, but there's many other traditions that I've studied with where it's like never sing this song out of the context of right. here. Right. And a hundred percent, we would rather have our traditions fade than be carried on by our oppressors. Wow. And, and that was really, really clear. And I was there as a guest and I, I have never, would never betray that, yeah. that yeah. gift of being there. So allowing like just being really sensitive to the what the difference between receiving something as a gift and taking and that those are that those are different things and and i would say you know um my hope and prayer so much with koya is that people get to use their body so it's like if you're doing something and it feels a little off Maybe it's yeah. a little off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe listen to that. <laughs> and, uh, and the openness to be open and to check in with, uh, to, to just let it be part of our evolution. Yeah. And to always check in. Yeah. You know, the same way we say in yoga that your body is different every day. Yeah. There are times when it's okay to do something. Right. A week later, it's not okay. Right. Exactly. I've had that so many times. Yeah. You know, I go to make an offering and it's like, no. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, okay. okay. Um, but the other thing mm -hmm. is that you, you participate in a ceremony, yeah. even if it's sort of secret and hidden and not yeah. to be shared, the imprint of yes. that experience is in your body. Right. So whenever you take your body anywhere else, yeah. you're sharing the essence of it. Right. It's there, you know, it's there to be given. So you don't necessarily need the physical form mm -hmm. to share the essence of what you receive. Mm -hmm. One other thing I wanted to touch in on is beyond creating sacred space is protecting sacred space. And I feel like uh, in over the, the fall equinox in Northern America, there was a gathering of the indigenous grandmothers and there was the question, you know, there was, there were so many people who were not um, born into indigenous traditions who were just saying, you know, our hearts there, but what do we do? And, one of the things that grandmother Mona had suggested was to really support indigenous people to have their sacred lands protected. And um, one of the things that's happening on the big island of Hawaii where we are right now is an opportunity to support that, which is um, the sacred mountain Mauna Kea. Um, there's wanting to build a large telescope and there's a, there's a very strong movement of prayers and protocols that are happening every day. And there was a pilgrimage there yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I get, again, I feel like this is like a shift of perspective in my view, because from, from me listening is that protecting the mountain isn't protecting the mountain. It's honoring the interconnection of that. The mountain is also its family. It's not like a separate mountain that we go to to pray, but this is a relative and an ancestor. Mm -hmm. And so I was just curious if there is anything that you feel inspired to share on this topic of widening perspective around the opportunity to, to use our attention and our energy um, to not only create sacred space, but to really support the protection of sacred space in these times and ways where it's, you know, where there's this opportunity to do it in a new way. Yeah. 
And I think the Hawaiians, the native Hawaiian people are the best demonstration of that that I've ever seen. You know, their philosophy of kapu aloha um, as a guiding principle that sort of, that determines how they protect uh, mauna kea and how they resist the imposition of the TMT telescope um, is actually revolutionary for all of, all, all of us Indigenous people. You know, in Aotearoa, we're much more, um, <laughs> I'm trying to find a polite way to say it, you know, we're, we're, we're a warring people. And so when you go in our sacred space, we will come and defend. Mm -hmm. And um, to watch, and that's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. but to watch the way that the Hawaiian people have done it with such love and grace and a complete lack of aggression and just welcoming people of all beliefs and cultures and ethnicities into the space as long as they come with the um, intention to support their, you know, their overall goal, which is to protect their ancestors. Mm -hmm. That is something to be watched and learned from. Mm -hmm. um, they have the website, puuhuluhulu.com, that you can go to. I can't imagine being a United States citizen and not giving some time mm -hmm. to sending prayers to that, to that moment. You know, um, the, The fact that the US has been inhabiting Hawaii without the permission of the native Hawaiians for all of this time um, may not be something that we in our, as individuals can change, mm -hmm. but given that they are, um, I have unwittingly been co-opted into the US, what a US, what a United States citizen can do mm -hmm. is to offer prayer mm -hmm. for, this, for this mountain in a genuine way, and they have pula and prayer, all the chants are there, so you can just tap in and learn. Mm -hmm. um, I think what you said is right, that it's mm -hmm. important to let the indigenous people of that place mm -hmm. take the lead in terms of how they protect sacred space. Mm -hmm. In Aotearoa, we have two ways of describing the indigenous people. There's tangata whenua, which means you're a person of the land. Mm -hmm. And every Māori is indigenous, you know, is Tamata Whenua to Aotearoa, New Zealand. But then you also have Mana Whenua, and that means that your tribe has jurisdiction over this particular mm -hmm. land. And so um, we have, uh, you know, protection occupations going on now back mm -hmm. in Aotearoa. And, you know, I support them in prayer, mm -hmm. and, that's, and you support where you can in practical terms. But if it's not in the area with which I have mana whenua, then mm -hmm. it's not my job to step in mm -hmm. and say, this is how we should do it, or this is what we should do. Mm -hmm. It's my job to get in behind mm -hmm. whoever the people of that land are and mm -hmm. say, what would you have us do? Right. You know? mm -hmm. And that's not always easy, because mm -hmm. sometimes they take a track that you might not agree with, mm -hmm. you know, or they might make decisions that you think, oh. I wouldn't do it that way if it was my land, but it's theirs. Mm -hmm. And so the right thing to do is to support them. Um, but also paying attention to your own wisdom mm -hmm. you know, and allowing, looking for ways that you can be of support. It may be that you give knowledge. It may be that you take food to people who are occupying. Mm -hmm. um, it may be that you just offer a prayer. It may be that every time you light a candle on your altar, there's a candle for Mama Kia. Mm -hmm. Like it can be that. Right. That's simple. Yeah. And also it requires this other thing called courage where 
when you hear someone sitting next to you saying, you know, putting a negative spin mm-hmm. on on protectors and calling them protesters and you know and and sort of flipping that around that you offer the truth that you know mm-hmm. about that situation and don't just let it slide. Mm-hmm. It's important to speak up and say, well, actually, you know, mm-hmm. there's another side to that story. And you may give the side or you may not feel confident to do that. You may say, here's a website. You can go check it out. Right. Here's the other version of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to speak up. And I think that we just live at such a dynamic time where there's so much opportunity to do things differently. And I think we're all experiencing that in our individual worlds of like this tearing down of the old structures and this rising up of something new and to to participate in these turning of the ages with the opportunity to, to be in awareness around the occupation of lands that were stolen or through violence or through force taken and having that opportunity to explore how do we move forward from that in awareness and respect and acknowledgement instead of just, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Right. And once you know those things, once you sit with someone, once you, I mean, it could be visiting the website for me, it's always been, you know, the opportunity to speak with someone of that place, but you can't unknow it. You can't, um, and, and that's a good thing to, to weave ourselves together. And, and as we come to a close, I just want to say that one of the biggest prayers that I have with Koya is that in these times of, of opportunities for the new world that we can co-create is that if we're going ideology and mind to mind and conditioning to conditioning, it's, it's difficult. But this is why I'm so passionate about embodiment because when you feel, when you're sensitized and you're actually feeling, you could read that website from a place of mind and taking the information. There's a telescope. Oh, it's their sacred land. They're right. doing these prayers. Right. You could easily dismiss it. Right? And you could just take it in as information. But if you were in an embodied place and you really like let it in, mm-hmm. I feel like there's the likelihood of compassion, mm-hmm. the likelihood of being able to imagine a place in the world that you love deeply, that has touched you in a practical and spiritual way, being disrespected or harmed, that you could be inspired to participate here because this 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 particular situation, I think, is such a profound metaphor of what's happening everywhere, of you know, corporate interests taking over, disrespecting, creating unsustainable pathways for our survival. And, and so the hope and the prayer, since we're gathering under the, the context of Koya, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, if you're finding this, you're connected in some way, is that also that when we're doing our embodiment practices, we're doing them to sensitize our bodies, because I believe that this Whatever we're going to create new that is new and at the same time not new but ancient um, 
is that it, it's resonating with the body. And we have to find ways to get out of the egoic identification of the mind. And the body is one of those ways. So that's the prayer, that when you're creating sacred space, when you're having conversations around being respectful and the idea of protecting and offering prayers to the places on the planet where this is a discussion, that, that we're doing it from an embodied compassion. Right. And if you're operating from your heart space, it's actually very hard to cause offense. Right. It's, it's really hard to offend somebody if you're operating from the heart. Um, but there was one other thing I want to say, which is that in these struggles with Mona Care and, you know, all around the world where sacred spaces need to be protected, um, Indigenous people have been fighting these fights for a long time, right? And we get really tired. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to go into your own body and ask, what can I do to be mm -hmm. of service and not just kind of find the nearest Indigenous person and push them forward as if it's their job to, mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Like actually, you know, while you may be standing for this one mountain, we may have four, five or six that we are tribally linked to and mm -hmm. we spend a good part of our day-to-day -day life right. moving around, having to work and, you know, having to con contribute to the protection of this, that and the other. And so we would really like to share them. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you know which thing to give to, because there's so many things that right. we could give, causes that we right. could give our heart to, not just the sacred space that we need to protect, but the sacred beings that we need to protect. There's mm -hmm. so much work to be done. I just think that, again, it's going back into your body and asking and allowing yourself mm -hmm. to be led to those things where you can really make a, right. a contribution. Oh, thank you for that encouragement. Because if, if you make that prayer sincerely from your heart, like, please show me the place for me, like where yeah. I can, where I can, where my desire to help can have impact. Yeah. I feel, you know, that sincere asking is going to get a response. Yeah. And the fulfillment that one experiences so many times when we're in right relationship and doing and responding to the times and the needs and to the moment is it, it's, you receive so much more than you give. Um, for me, I would say, yeah. um, and not that that needs to be the thing to do it, but I feel like there's so many people who are struggling and, and suffering potentially in, in aspects of their life. And I know that, showing up and participating, connecting with the land, honoring the sacred space, asking these prayers is, is, um, is a way in which that we can reconnect to our wholeness. Yeah. And I know that that has been true for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that interconnected mindset. If I'm just focusing on myself, I'm, oh, da, da, me, me, me. But the second I'm opening up to the bigger field of how can I participate in what's really happening in the collective, um, not only do, it's, it's like, the thing I gift myself is to be a participant in the collective. Right. To know that I'm here and I'm not alone. Yeah. So. The best gift you can give. Exactly. And, and the ultimate, um, nothing else really fills the hole. Right. <laughs> so, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for thank you. the power of your presence. And thank you for the openness of your heart. And uh, what does your shirt say? It says Tangata Fenua.
I need um, one that says Manafenua, so I can only wear it up north, right? Yeah. <laughs> People of the land. People of the land. Um, I want to keep going, but I feel like I know that we have to go to the airport now. So, <laughs> so until next time, thank you. And thank you. Thank you for listening. And um, And I feel like in that in that spirit of aloha, I I one time I was here and I was asking the land, you know, what what offerings would you like in Hawaii? And and the response I heard back was like, if you could just not like pollute <laughs> with your like like it was it was sort of like I'm not, you know these things they're not always translated into words, but it's like if you could just keep the aloha vibe yeah. and just yeah. not pollute it with your drama. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, on I, it. I mean, I will try. But it was, so I was about to say, you know, with Aloha, with the spirit of Aloha, since we're here, and simultaneously felt like it was important to share that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with a humble heart. Yay. Yay.